Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No Podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. Welcome everyone to the No with me, Nikki Spo. Today is a pretty big day for me as a podcaster. I am getting to interview the one and only Kathy Heller. So Kathy is the person who inspired me to start my own show. I have been a huge fan of her podcast, The Kathy Heller Show, Don't Keep Your Day Job, and I have been inspired by her words daily. So Kathy started her podcast to help people find a greater sense of purpose and feel like they're more authentically themselves. The day job is sort of synonymous with I'm doing something I don't really like just to pay the bills, whereas the dream job feels like this is who I am. This is really me making my mark on this world and I feel seen and expressed. That's the difference. Kathy's perspective is that she wants people to feel like they don't have a job. She wants people to feel like they're doing their unique work in this world. People want more fulfillment and joy and Kathy is on a mission to help as many souls as she can to find this alignment within themselves and add their gifts to the universe. Millions upon millions of downloads later, Kathy continues to inspire people everywhere with her online courses and her incredible content. The message of today's conversation is spiritual, magical, real, tangible, and accessible to all as long as we plug in. Over the years I've been listening to Kathy's work, she has given me permission to be myself, and I can't wait for you to experience her energy. So let's get started with Kathy Heller. Starting this podcast has been like the biggest game game changer in my life. And I like, I I kid you not, Kathy, like this is a complete dream come come true for me. I'm having like a fangirl moment with you because like I started my podcast because of you. Like, I don't know if you, if, if you are the person who's checking your DMs, I think it's you, but I've told you like, you're the person who inspired me to start the show. Um, so that thank is you. so beautiful. And you know, what we do is, and this is just how it works is like, it's really just like this big one consciousness. Right. And so everything's a hologram where we, we project right aspects and things from our level of mind onto other people. So in certain ways, right. 
you are giving me this feeling of credit for a spark of a spark of an inspiration point, which really was just a match for you seeing something bouncing off of me that's full, totally inside of you and then brought you home to that in yourself. And that is what's so beautiful about being in alignment is when we're in alignment, we meet each other in that higher level of <clears throat> self. And so we can do that for one another is bring it, bring each other back online. And so, um, you know, I just love to say that because a, I, I receive it and it's so beautiful. And I love to just acknowledge that that's just so equally about just your soul and your journey. And of course that's makes sense that that's making you feel sort of more, whatever quote unquote normal feels like through such a really, really, really difficult time because you're just plugged into the flow state and you're doing, you're doing your thing. You're, you're using your instrument and that is the best feeling, right? To just be in tune in service. Like every guitar wants to be a guitar. It doesn't want to sit in the corner collecting dust. Like that's a great analogy. Like I felt like I was a guitar who wasn't being played. I wasn't allowing myself to be played, whatever, however it went, like that I wasn't getting the action, it wasn't happening, right? I wasn't like living in my purpose. And I was trying to find my purpose for a long time, like find out which direction I wanted to go in or what hit for me instead of what hit for everybody else. And I think that's, and I would love to actually talk to you about this a little bit more in depth. It's like, even with messaging, right? Like talking about things that hit with me, not not knowing if they're going to hit with other people. And then when you do that and you stay so true to like your ethos, you really have an opportunity to impact people. And I feel like that's something that you've you've really been been able to do incredibly. And so I, man, I feel like I'm the guitar and I'm starting to play and I'm like, I don't always hit the notes right, but I'm getting there, you know, and I'm learning the music and it's making me happy. So that's what I, I don't know from the outside. I feel like that's what your business is all about, right? Like don't keep your day job. Like, I don't even know that I had, a, I didn't have a day job. Like, I don't think, like I, I didn't have a day job. I just knew that like what I was doing wasn't it. And your course made to do this was extremely, extremely helpful. So um, for our listeners who are wondering what that's about, can you tell us a little bit about your made to do this course and your courses in general? I heard Sir Ken Robinson say that, you know, when you're in your 30s or 40s or whenever it is, there's a moment where you're walking from the car to the office and you look around and you're like, why am I not happy? And some people, like you said, like they're not walking from the car to the office. They might just be hanging out at home and feeling this feeling of like, why is there this familiar, unsettled feeling inside of me every day? And I think if people are being honest after being where I have been speaking to hundreds of thousands of people over the last five years, that's what people tell me. They have this unsettled feeling. And so I have been on a journey to help people be lifted from that. And so I've sort of looked at it in a couple different ways. One of them being that when we are in a state of service and generosity, we are not trapped in the ego and that feels so freeing, right? Because the ego is all about this false sense of humility or a false sense of arrogance. So it's like the ego will say things like, who am I to do this? I'm really nothing 
because the ego is really captured by the illusion of separateness, right? This three-dimensional world when really everything about string theory and quantum physics and space and time and Einstein, like everything that we actually do know tells us that the world is made up of vibration. And so there are so many dimensions we don't see with our eyes, but they are they take up more space than what takes up the three-dimensional space. And so we're really just floating in this one beautiful pool of consciousness, this one beautiful flow of this infinite energy. So as Marianne Williamson said to me, it's not as if you would look at the ocean and think one wave is separate from another. And you would never think that the waves are separate from the ocean because the waves are the ocean themselves. And my rabbi, David Aaron, taught me that if God was the sun, we'd each be a ray of the sun. So the ray of the sun is not the sun, but it's an expression of the sun. Oh my gosh, I have chills. And so the ego loves to separate everything into 3D pieces. I'm like sweating. (laughs) I'm like, I'm getting amped. And that's where the unsettled feeling just comes from not, not knowing who we are and not knowing what is. Right. Like I said to my students recently, because everybody's always telling me that things are going to take a lot of time. And then they sort of evaluate based upon their history of their past story, who they are, where they are, how big they are, how tall they are, how much money they have, how old they are, like where they are in life and what they're able to accomplish based on all of that. And I said, well, let's talk about space and time. I said, time is like this fabric that it bends and it's relative, right? That's what we learned from Einstein. So what does that mean? I said, well, on earth, a day is 24 hours. Well, that has to do with the rotation of the earth and the sun and how they dance together. But if you were to go to Jupiter, let's say, I said to them, how long is a day? And they didn't know. And I said, well, you can Google it. I said, I, I Googled it. It's, it's nine hours and 58 minutes. That's a day. And then if you were to go beyond Jupiter, like beyond this solar system that we're in, into space, I said to them, how long does it take for an hour to pass? And you can Google it. And the answer is 26 seconds. And then if you went further than that, time just evaporates. So there's, there's a place outside of the solar system in the universe, which is vast which is most of what's happening in reality itself, where there is no time. Time has evaporated completely. Time is not real. It's made up. And the space thing is made up, right? You and me being separate is made up because we're vibration, right? So we're completely connected like waves in an ocean. So all of the ways in which we forget all of that and we live according to this 3D thing, it actually makes us feel pretty bad. And then what happens is our mind plays a loop of the same thoughts we thought yesterday and 70,000 thoughts a day, 90% of them repeating themselves, mostly of which are fear-based and negative actually creates cortisol in the body. And our thoughts are not contained in our mind. They actually are felt with our cells. And so it actually creates inflammation, which creates disease. So Dan Buettner, who did this incredible study of the blue zones, came to the conclusion that the reason why people in the blue zones live the longest is not because of the climate. It's not because of anything having to do with, you know, things that we would think are in the three-dimensional world, but it has to do with the fact that they all meditate every day because meditate lowers the cortisol, which lowers the inflammation. So actually being in a higher elevated state of mind 
makes us live physically longer. So we know that there's a clue there that that's how we're designed to be. So all of this to say, my journey was about living in Jerusalem for three years after college, studying Kabbalah, going to UCLA for two years, studying mindfulness there at the Mindful Awareness Research Center, doing a lot of meditation and spending time with Deepak Chopra and Joe Dispenza, and then being a songwriter and building a business and then building a multi-million dollar business and then being able to see how much we are the director and writer of our script, of our movie, and the reality that we think we're observing, we're, we're not. We're creating mm. it. Yes. We're creating it with our vibrational habits, basically, because vibe turns into your thoughts and your, th- your thoughts turn into things. Your thoughts totally. dictate so much of what you broadcast. So when you ask me, like, so what are your courses about? That's what they're kind of all about. And so I'm, I'm here to be a catalyst for people to kind of remember Mm. how to get home to those like elevated states of mind. Yeah. And then how do we dance the dance we're meant to dance, right? Like we were just in South Carolina last week and we were swimming with these dolphins and they were so beautiful and Mm. epic and majestic and, it's like perfection, right? Mm. Actual perfection. And it's so simple. Mm. Like it requires no effort because they are not bumping up against ego. Yeah. They're not in resistance to doing their assignment. They're not thinking to themselves, like, who am I to be so beautiful? What are all the other creatures in the ocean thinking right now? They're like, no, no, no. My job is to dance this dance. If it's an instrument playing in an orchestra and you hear John Williams conducting at the Hollywood Bowl, there's no cello that's thinking, who am I to be so beautiful when the triangle is so small? Why would I play such a beautiful note and hold it for such a long time? It's like, no, no, that's your job in the orchestra. Like, just do your job. And so that's what we get the satisfaction of feeling when we are just in alignment. So when people come to me, usually they have a, a clue, they have an inkling of what they really want to create in the world. And what's holding them back is one of these two lies, which are all about egocentricity. It's who am I to do this, which is not about you and your soul. That's all ego talking because no soul wonders who am I to do this. It's the ego that wonders that. So it becomes very self ego self identification to say, who am I to do this? I'm not enough. I'm not this. And then you're so busy being self obsessed with the ego that you're not generously just pouring your instrument into the world. And so really the most humble thing we can do is to be a vessel, be a conductor of energy in the world. And so over the last five years, I started teaching sort of the combination of all of the things that I sort of collected on my journey from Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism to studying, you know, all of the mindfulness work and my meditation experience, and also the more practical, which is about 1%, I would say, of the equation. But that 1% is also really juicy. Because if you look at the anatomy of a male and a female making a baby, the the female is going to take 99% of the journey because that's just what is. And she's going to do that through a state of receivership and expansion and making space. Okay. That's all about the being. That's all about the sort of vibe. Mm. 
But the masculine is a 100% necessary component. Without that 1%, that one immediate initial spark, which is more of the asserting giver doing, you know, it's more of like, I'm going to, you know, show up in this, in this action oriented way without that there, there is no child, right? So we need both. It's just that often we are so sucked into and married to the, the 3d, the practical, what we see in the concrete that we forget that 99% of it is going to be in the frequency and then 1% is going to be in the, the tangible. And so in the courses that I do, I teach both of those things. And over time, I realized that um, I really wanted to talk about how to be abundant because ultimately I, I realized that's what everybody wants to have. They want a sense of being abundant in how much they're giving to the world and how much they're receiving and how much material they are able to experience pleasure and how much spiritual pleasure. They just want an abundance of plenty in all realms. And so we started teaching this program called Abundant Ever After because we don't get what we want. We really get what we are. And so helping people really come home and feel really aligned with who they are, you just become a magnet for more of that. You become a tuning fork for more of that to come back. And so we've been teaching that and I've been doing retreats. We have another retreat coming up in just three weeks. They, they've been amazing. And now that I've been doing the spiritual work, it's hard to unsee what I've seen. And so I'm doing more of it. Um, but I do think that that 1%, that what do I need to do piece, what's the strategy piece is so juicy and helpful and sexy as well, because you need, you just, you just can't not have it. It's kind of like an atom. It's 1% particle and 99% wave, right? So it's 99% energy and 1% particle, but there is no atom without the particle. So you do need both. And it's just a matter of like, if you're, my daughters are making slime, how much activator do you need? How much? It's like, well, you, you need a lot less of this piece, but you still need it because without the activator, there's no slime. So I do get really into talking about the strategic sort of tactical concrete stuff because it's fun to finesse that success leaves clues. And so along the way, after you've like been able to see things land in different ways, you go, oh, this is what was working. Let's sort of talk about that. This conversation is so good. But before we keep going, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education. And I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code THENOGLOW for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. So I have a question about abundance. So I feel like we grew up in a culture, like as a, as a people, right, where the desire for abundance is shameful. How do we address that? Because like I read Untamed when I first got sober and then I'm kind of like listening to it now as I go through a different like transition in my life. But it's like women in general, we've been programmed to say like, 
I'm not allowed to be curious, like be grateful for what you have, you know? And I think for me, like those messages, however, they were like input into me, like from childhood, right? That's the message that I, like, that was like, like one of the, the, the waves, like the virtual waves that I was living in, right. And exuding and receiving like that switch was turned on and it was turned on high. And so I started to like, uh, like feel guilty for wanting more, for being more curious, for wanting to impact, whether it's impacting more people or something that you spoke about recently with Jenna Kutcher on your show is like being able to have freedom. And sometimes money means freedom, right? Freedom of choice, being able to choose how you spend your time and creating more time for yourself. But how how do we work through this idea that the desire for abundance, wealth, whatever, freedom is shameful when it's really not and it's our divine birthright? How do we get through that? Yeah. It goes back to what we talked about at the beginning with understanding the model of the world, like what really is in reality with a capital R. So if we believe that we are each egos, right? We're not this electricity inside of a body. And by the way, if you've ever seen an an instance, whether it's on TV or God forbid in real life, where there's a doctor bringing somebody back in an ER where they're putting the, um, you know, that those pads on somebody's chest. Yeah. Well, what are they doing? They're, they're trying to initiate the electric signal inside the body, right? So they're putting a, a heavy amount of electricity charge on someone because the person without the electric charge is no longer there, even though the physical body is there, the person that we know and love is the electricity in the body, literally electricity. Okay. So when we get sucked into this very limited way of thinking and seeing reality, which if you listen to Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Gabby Bernstein, Esther Hicks, like anyone who has looked into what reality is truly made of, whether it's scientists at MIT or the Dalai Lama, like, everyone comes to the same conclusion that it is an energetic field. Okay. So, so when we get that, then we, we can feel really good and clear about being a conductor of abundance because the thing is this, when people say it's shameful to have it, then they think that they are an ego that is going to have it, but you don't ever have it. Let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. So a lightning rod is not a container. It doesn't hold lightning. It conducts lightning. So lightning comes through it and out of it. Energy, what we are, souls, consciousness, vibration, we don't hold things. We don't hoard things, right? That's what the ego thinks it's supposed to do because the more it has, right, it needs to hold on to it tightly because there's scarcity in the world. There's not enough, so it has to hold it. But that doesn't exist, and there's nothing for it to hold. Where is it? Gonna, where is this energetic being going to hold anything? No, it doesn't. It just conducts it. So the Maharal, one of the 15th century Kabbalists, says, if you were to take a candle, how many candles, he asks, could you light with that one candle? Mm. 
Can you light six of them? Can you light 800 of them? Well, the answer is you can light an infinite amount. Infinite amount, yeah. And the more even interesting question he asks is, okay, cool. So you could light an infinite amount of candles with one flame. And now I'm curious how much of the initial flame is is diminished from lighting all those. So the answer is nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's abundance. That's how it works. Literally, that's how it works. What we're doing when we say, who am I to have it, is we're just co-signing scarcity and ego. We're just taking out a big pen and saying, the world is made up of you and me, and I only want to have a little because the more I have, the less you'll have. And it's the opposite, right? If Jeff Bezos opens up an Amazon plant in Missouri, he just created tons of jobs. And then those people take that money and they invest it in the little town in Main Street. And then they buy stock in other companies. And then every time somebody buys a car, they just employed 45,000 people, right? And if I were to make my house prettier on my block, what did I just do to the house next to me? I just increased its value. Okay, if I were to plant a cherry tree for myself, what did I just do? Oh, I just created the possibility of a thousand other cherry trees because every one of those seeds becomes another cherry tree. So abundance creates more abundance. And when I make money, right, if I'm able to receive and tune into allowing $50, $100, a million dollars, $7 billion, where is it? Like, is it, a, is it a stack of paper under my mattress? It's not. So where is it right now? The money that I've generated is sitting in a bank. And as you and I speak, it's providing for other people, right? The bank uses it to underwrite things. So I don't have it, but I get to be a catalyst for it. And then I get to be also a stand of possibility for other people that it's all around us. Like, the amount of money, just like the amount of love, just like the amount of Wi-Fi, it's all around your house. It's all around you. Like this market, like we didn't create the market. It just exists and it will always exist. And it will have, you know, just more than plenty for everybody. But there are, there are definitely people who have a whole relationship with receiving it. And so they just tune the channel to a place where they can't receive it. They just won't let that in. And so they will... We, we won't allow ourselves to receive things that we believe will cause us pain. And Deepak Chopra, you know, he, he was born in India where there's tremendous poverty. And he's written so many books about money. And his most recent book is about abundance. And to hear it from him, somebody who's not disassociated from massive amounts of of the world population that's in poverty and to hear him talking about how accessible abundance is because that is the state of the universe itself like that's amazing because it's true so why do we create that static again is because we get in trance we get put into trance and ego and we're basically living in fight or flight all day long and we become, in that way, we become more matter and less energy. And when we're in that state, we're judging everybody. We're scared of everybody. We're always worried that we won't have enough. And clearly we're worried that we'll have, if we have too much, other people will, then we'll be scared that then they'll judge us. They'll come out. It's a, co- so that doesn't really necessarily fuel the ocean. And if we're really all one, then why would this wave not want to rise? Because it would be keeping the rest of the ocean from rising. 
So that's where the spiritual work that I've journeyed through, it just really cleansed any kind of static so that I could just be free again. Like it's also interesting how every single thing in nature, whether it's a redwood tree or these dolphins we just saw, it was created to thrive, right? There's nothing that God designs that was created to wilt 45% of the day, but you don't see a redwood tree feeling a sense of concern around how much water and how much photosynthesis it's, it's soaking up. It just, it knows that it, it must, because if the oysters were to stop thriving, we would all die from red tide, but they're not an ego. So it's like, if every woman you knew were to be her most beautiful, powerful, radiant, sexy, generous, adorable self, how, how would that hurt? anyone. But when people are in this state where we separate ourselves from source, from soul, from abundance, and we, we, we tell ourselves that we shouldn't have, then we project that other people shouldn't have. And then if more people have less and play small, how does that serve other people? It creates more ego and more static, right? Which doesn't really help us. This really, really random thought came to me, but I just took my kids to Disney World not too long ago. Me too, last week. Yes. Oh, we were there a couple of weeks before, but um, we went on. So we love, we also love going to Universal and Islands of Adventure. And so we were watching Jurassic Park. And it's like life finds a way, right? And you're hearing, you're saying this. And I'm like going back to that, that like that one moment when I'm watching Jurassic Park with my family. I'm like, life finds a way. It's resilient. It happens and it doesn't worry about happening. It just does. It does it it does what it's supposed to do. Life is the best. Like we we unfortunately get caught in a trance, a program, a software. Yeah. And it it just boy, it takes all the fun and the magic away from this absolute exhilarating thing, which is getting to be here. Yeah. One hundred percent. Where does um where does ikigai fit into all of this? And so, just so you know, like I had never heard the term, the Japanese term, before I started listening to your show. But now I see it like popping up all over the place. It's definitely on people's radar, and it's it's really beautiful how you've explained it. Um, so, how does ikigai fit into? All I mean, of this? I just love that um, that idea because I heard a rabbi of mine say that the opposite of depression is not happiness, but purpose. And well, I'm, let's say that again, that the opposite of depression, depression. is not mm-hmm. happiness, but purpose. Yeah. And my, my, uh, my girl, Emily Espahani Smith, she did a Ted talk on, it was called why happiness is overrated. And she studied at Harvard and she did a research project where she studied thousands and thousands of people to find out what moments of their life truly left an imprint of happiness. And they weren't necessarily the moments of being at Disney World on a ride or, you know, winning an Oscar. They were moments of tremendous meaning and purpose. And so what she discovered is that while we all think we're seeking whatever fill in the blank, you know, indulgent thing, we're really wired for belonging. And when we feel that we are contributing to someone else, 
everything in our soul lights up as happy. So I always have said that really landed with me, that idea, the opposite of depression is purpose, because I think what people need to hear is that they're needed and then they need to go be needed. And I talked to people a lot yesterday in our mastermind, a woman was saying to me, well, I have four things that I love to do and how do I choose? And it's so stifling and I can't pick and da, da, da. And I said, your soul would be happy. I feel that by the way, Kathy, like I have felt that. I don't feel it so much now, but I have felt that like so many things. There are so many things. Yeah. Well, the, how do e- I pick? the ego is so sly. It'll find a lot of reasons to like knock you out of alignment. Yeah. So that the confusion one, it's like, I'm just allergic to it at this point. As my friend Allison Bird says, like, because confusion is just the easiest way for the ego to say, I'm not moving. Oh I'm, my gosh. Because yes. I'm quote unquote confused. When really your soul doesn't care what package it comes in. It just wants to serve. It just wants to contribute so badly. And then the cool thing about the way God has made a cello and a triangle and a keyboard is eventually you can't miss your thing. It's going to chase you back. And so even if you start out like Elon Musk with PayPal, you're going to wind up getting this experience building a company and realizing, oh, I'm going to take us all to space and make electric cars. Like it won't miss you, right? It just, you just got to get in the current and then the current will take you exactly where you need to be. So my friend Bob Goff says, make a list every day of five ways you can be generous and contribute. And one way might be bringing banana bread to your elderly neighbor. And one way might be bringing in the garbage can of the guy across the street. And one way might be making some pottery. And one may might be, you know, giving somebody actually some tough love so that they have to like figure out their own path. I mean, there's so many ways we can be generous And then what happens when you're so busy being generous is you can't help but have momentum and find success because you're just so available. And that's how, you know, everyone that I've had on my show, like they never knew in this concrete way, like, oh yeah, Howard Schultz, he didn't say to me, oh, I I knew I was going to build one little Starbucks and I knew there'd be 35,000 more after that. Like, no, like he was just like, wouldn't it be nice to create a space for people to connect and talk and chat? And that was really his intention because he had just come back from Europe and he saw people schmoozing and sipping glasses of espresso. And he wanted people to have a place where they didn't go for the bacon and eggs. They just went for each other. It wasn't about the food. It was about talking. And so, yeah, so he created that, but it was such a high vibe idea And people were like, gosh, what a novelty. All I can get here is the coffee. Oh, I kind of love that. He was selling a a connection. He used to say he was selling a third place. Like people had their home and their work. They needed a third place, which was just to connect. And then it took him where it needs to go. He doesn't sit there saying, so my whole life is about coffee beans. That's what I'm about. No, his, his life has become about a zillion other things right? Mostly philanthropy now because he makes $4 billion a night when he just sleeps, but it, it doesn't matter. This is why it's like we, we get obsessed with ourself. That's the ego. The soul is not interested in that, that version of self. It's interested in just being 
the ray of sun and letting God just be the sun. I think the hope here for people who are listening to this is that like you can be on a path and not know exactly where it's going. Like I think that's really important for people to truly, truly believe. I think as a society, we we're trained, especially with social media, right? Like we look at people who have arrived and we think that they've arrived or we, we, we project that onto them. They've arrived and we want to arrive. We're like, when am I going to arrive? And it's not always about like the, well, you know, obviously like the cliche, like it's about the journey and everything, but it's, it really is, a, it is a, a very real thing to be where your feet are, Right. Yeah, well, part of it is that the ego, again, is really um, addicted to predictable, right? Because mm-hmm. it wants to control. Because yeah. when someone is scared, what do they do? Mm-hmm. They become controlling. Oh, my gosh, yes. So That's the first thing I do. Yeah, me too. Like if I'm having a moment with my husband and there's something that gets triggered in me, I start getting really bossy because that's my ego's way of like protecting me, so to speak. But the soul, if you ask somebody what were the best most incredible jaw-dropping moments of wonder in your life, they were moments of, you won't believe this, but here's what happened out of the blue. It's moments of the mystical, moments of the surprise, moments of the transcendental. So therefore, your soul's not looking for the familiar. It wants the unknown, right? That's the Elsa, like into the unknown. Like our our consciousness really doesn't want to be in the predictable because it's so boring and there's no feeling of letting go there. And so for us to let go, we have to let God drive. We have to let the creator of the universe, this, this energy, this, this life force, it has to be, be at the helm. And really that feels so much better because when we become nobody, nowhere, no space, no time, and we're just the pen and God's the author, it's so easy and it's so fun. So what do we do with our free will, right? So like there's God, we let the creator drive, right? And we're, how does our free will fit into that equation our and the power free, of choice? Yeah, it's a beautiful question, I, I think. And again, these are all like massive, gorgeous journeys and quests of questions for lifetimes. But Believe me, I've been asking that question for about 25 years. So I feel like I like have an inkling of what answer I feel like I've heard that really lands with me. So I'll share that. But clearly I'm just, you know, on the journey myself. But I think our free will is choosing to tune the radio to the station, right? So like every moment of the day, you're being given a choice to be in ego, which is that state of mind where you're not connected to the I am, you're connected to I am Kathy Heller, and here's what I need, and here's what she is, and here's what I'm not. And it's all of that very limited, analytical, predicting, trying to control, scarcity, all of that. And then there's the choice to take the same radio station, so to speak, and tune this the channel so that you're in this, what would you have me say? Where would you have me go? Right. And from that place, you're not married to a story or the past. You're just in this endless field of potential and you're available to be a conduit. Like the house is wired for electricity. Your free will is to plug into it. Kathy Heller, you are magic. 
in in a human woman gorgeous inspiring <laughs> form oh my gosh thank, thank you, you so very much fine. i've enjoyed this conversation so so much um i just can't wait to tune into you all the time. You know, I really do. Like you really inspire me and I just know that you're inspiring so so many people and I hope that in some capacity like anybody who wasn't plugged into your frequency now has an opportunity to check you out. Sign up for your course, just listen to the podcast, they're free. You know what I mean? Like really connect with you and really get to experience some of this high level stuff that is a lot more simple than I think it's a lot more simple than we make it. Yes, I agree. And I really appreciate you and thank you for just all of the reflections and beautiful, loving, kind words you've said and I just feel like, you know, you you're going through such a deep contrast right now and, you know, I I hope that in one way shape or how I don't know but this could have added a little bit of um just comfort and love and light for you and I just would love to send you know an amount of coherent healing toward your whole family that it just just finds its way to full health and uh complete you know just beautiful health on every level and um, I hope you have such an easy healthy gorgeous meaningful next arrival um, with this next little one and thanks for making the space thank you Kathy this podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio be sure to use my code the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via Sana Skin Studio More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm-hmm.